Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, two of the country's top football teams are taking part in events. This is in support of the LGBTQ plus community. Bohemians is going to be the first professional team participating in the Pride Parade in June. And Shelburne will host the Gay Footballers Supporters Network Cup Final. That's taking place at the end of the month at Talca Park. Daniel Lambert from Bohemians Football Club is with us on the show today. Daniel, what prompted the club to get involved with the Pride Parade? Um, I suppose look, at Bohemians, like we've we've been involved in multiple initiatives for different groups to make uh, Daly Mount Park and, and football in general as inclusive as possible. Some of them have been well highlighted and publicised. Our particular maybe our work with migrants, people with sight loss, children with disabilities. Um, but we have the only LGBT supporters group in in Irish football, uh, brilliantly named Gaybos. And um, you know, since, I suppose over the last number of years, we've gotten involved in lots of actions since 2015. We're the only sports club to support the marriage equality referendum, which we saw as a human rights issue and not a, not a political issue. And we, we fly the pride flag in Daily Man Park and we don't take other initiatives. But really, I suppose it's become obvious when you look globally that there's, there's one openly gay footballer in, in top flight football in the world. So I think we can pretty much um, you know, draw from that that football is not an inclusive place. Um, men's football, I should add, um, you know, for, for people from the LGBT um, plus community. And, and I think that you know, us taking part in Pride, we didn't want to simply get involved in pinkwashing. Um, you know, we recognised the problem and we were undertaking a number of initiatives which um, began recently with coach education for all our youth coaches from shout-out um, and best practice uh, for coaches. Um, and it really does start with education with another, a number of other initiatives mm. happening over the next six to eight weeks. Why is it such? Why is it sort of deemed then as so taboo in this day and age, Daniel, um, when you mention like there, there's only, what, one um, top... Premiership player in the world. There's no, there's no player in Ireland, is there, that has come out as being openly gay? Is it? Is no, there's it, one it's, player in, in, in world football. He's in, in Australia and uh, came out last year, uh, Josh Cavallo. And unfortunately, he's also faced, uh, despite you know, um, and 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 rightly so, great claim and people you know really welcoming his decision. He ultimately gets faced uh, homophobic abuse as a player. So it is a, it is an issue and a real issue. What does that say about the culture of the sport? Um, I think it says that um, I suppose you know in men's football that there's maybe a culture that uh, for you know that is is, is in ways uh, unwelcoming uh, to certain groups, but uh, like that can be changed and that can be tackled and it should be. And um, but I think it, it, it starts with education. Um, and there's other there's other actions you can take. Like we've a number of things happening. We've a, a mural that's going to be unveiled in Tibbsbury in, in June, and um, we're going to have T-shirts and we've done T-shirts before to support groups groups like Shout Out. Um, our, our, I should say our, our kind of. Um, piece in the in the march is going to be uh, kind of representative of, of football fans. It's going to be banners and flags and things you'd expect to see at a big football game. So it's representative, but um, it, it it kind of speaks, I suppose, rather poorly to 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 an atmosphere that can exist with with a, with a minority and a small minority of football games. But uh, you know, but we do have to work to to try and combat it. Mm. John Goran, who's the community officer with uh, Shelburne Football Club, is is with us as well. Daniel, um, John, tell us about the the Gay Football Supporters Network, the Cup Final. What is that? Yeah, thanks, Andrea. So the Gay Football Supporters Network is an international group of football supporters, predominantly in the UK and Ireland. And each year they have a, a competition between football clubs who identify as LGBT inclusive. Um, and uh, this year is a terrific year because the Dublin Devils, who are based here in, in the city, have qualified for the final for the first time. So um, when, when that occurred, uh, the Dublin Devils, we've had a relationship with over the last few years, reached out to us about the possibilities in Talca Park. And without hesitation, 
um, we 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 uh, we went ahead and, and made arrangements for that. So the final kicks off on the 28th of, of May. It's against the Village of Manchester Football Club, and um, from the UK, obviously. Uh, it's great to have international football. Uh, sorry, international cup final back at back at Talca Park. Um, it's going to be a great occasion for the players, their families, and their friends. Um, but also just to, to some of the points that Dan made there, just, just to raise the, mm. the, the the visibility um, of, of LGBT football, um, of inclusivity, and, and that it's important for our community and for the growth of our game that we that we're educating our course, uh, our coaches and managers, and enabling them to better support LGBT players um, and supporters. So, can supporters take part in it, John? Well, supporters can come and watch, of course. Um, so, so the Dublin Devils will, will, will have their, their their team selected, no doubt. Um, but the the uh, entry fee, sorry, there is no entry fee. So it's free in on the day, and um, be very much a family occasion. We'll be live streaming the match on the club's YouTube channel, so uh, those uh, those people connected to Manchester uh, can watch it from their homes. They can't travel to Dublin, and um, there will be very much a community event. Uh, we're going to encourage lots of family, lots of friends uh, to come along and, and support the Devils on the day. John, the fact that Bohemians is going to be the first professional team to participate in the Pride Parade. Um, this this year, this June, is there not an onus on all clubs to do this? Just in in the context of the conversation around the culture, there is absolutely. Um, I mean, I've, I've my own experience. I was a, a young footballer who came out, um, and that ended my career effectively. Uh, and um, I mean, that was twenty years ago. I'd like to think that things have changed since then. Uh, but you know, as Dan highlights, there's only one professional footballer is out in the world. Um, and uh, it's, it's it's just clearly not a supportive environment that football is creating at the moment. Um, more needs to be done. A lot starts with education, um, and we're certainly doing our part to try and change the dial in that sense. Would you Would you agree with that, John? Or Daniel? Sorry, apologies, sorry. Yeah, no, absolutely. The wrong name. I should say to, to John or to, or to look in general to, to other League of Ireland fans and of course Bohemian fans in my position is an email address is just pride at bohemians.ie and if people would like to take part and join you know what is Bohemian's group in in, in the March we'd obviously you know we're hoping to get our, uh, around 100 we're aiming for 100 people who'll take, who'll take part and do the, the group set up and they're meeting now weekly to kind of map out you know how it's going to work how the, how the banners are working the flags and um, more than uh, you know we'd love other people to join with us as you know season fans of other clubs but uh, you know to hear that John's story, you know that that's that's not right, and and I don't think it has changed much in twenty years. That's, that's the point of one footballer, you know, would seem that the mood hasn't changed, and it's an area that I think for most clubs and most leagues is, is simply avoided because um, because you know, there still exists an, an atmosphere and a culture that isn't welcoming, and it's perhaps easier to avoid it. And we have to we have to change that, not avoid it. Start with education, um, and things like flags and grounds are really important because you know they are symbolic. But speaking to our own LGBT supporters group, they've said that things like the flag and the stadium, you know, besides the club flag and besides the national flag, is important for them. So I think there's, there's really simple mm-hmm. steps that, that can be taken. But, you know, groups like Shoutout and the education they've, they've provided for us is, is really essential. John, you mentioned a little bit of your own experience there 20 years ago. Um, do you think thing, things have changed? Um, no. No, they haven't. They haven't. I mean, when, when, when I think back to my time, I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I'm in love with football. I love the game. Um, and anyone who's been on that coming out journey will know that it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not an easy one, but it is, it is liberating. It's, it's, it's an amazing feeling. But when I came out, I, I knew that it would be the end of my career um, um, because of the environment, not because of the players. The players right around me. 
some of them are my best friends to this date. Um, but just the environment that was there at the time, the, the inverted commas, the dressing room banter, um, gay was a bit of every joke in, in, in the dressing room. Um, and, you know, it was used quite negatively on the pitch. You know, if someone went down easy under a tackle or went down for a penalty, diving for a penalty, you'd have someone with call out in a negative term towards them. And each time you hear that, it would just, it would just crush me. Um, I found it um, just almost unbearable at times. Um, and when I came out then, a few months after that, um, I mean, things was changed in the club. Just people changed towards me. Um, the environment changed. The results on the pitch changed. I just felt this overwhelming sense mm. of responsibility that it was my fault and I had to step away and leave and I, and I, and I couldn't join another team because it would have to go through the whole process again. That's very hard, I think hard, if I go back John. 20 years... Well, well, I mean, look, I mean, it's, it, it is what it is um, and I think we can all learn from it. But if you go back 20 years, I don't think as a society we weren't prepared for it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not an international footballer by any means, but it's all relative. I mean, I, I gave my heart and soul to the game yeah. at the time. Still do, but in, in a different way. Um, but when you think back then, I mean, there, there, there was there was the coach didn't know what to do. No one knew what to do. How do we deal with it? Um, people changed towards me, not 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 in a bad way, but there was a change, um, and it just all manifested itself, and, and it just became unbearable for me to have to step away. And I and I just think when I think back, I, I just wonder how many talented footballers have we lost the game for that mm. reason? How many Irish internationals have we lost the game for that very reason? And even though you know Dan's doing terrific work there with, with Pride, we're doing our own work here in Shelburne, um, and it's a bit of a, a personal mission for me to try. I was going and, to say that. Do what I is can there, to yeah, is is there is there you know a, a sense? Do you have a sense of pride, I suppose, John, in in organising the the supporters, the network, the cup final? Like, is there is there a, you know is it, it, that must be you know a great sense of achievement for you personally? Uh, personally, yes, but 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 more more so for for our community. Um, because you know, to use the to, to use Shelburne and, and the the profile of the club to to promote inclusivity and football for all is 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 is, is first and foremost the most important thing. Mm. It, it's about the the players of both of those teams, their family and their friends. It's about any young player um, who sees the game, and um, you know they're they're, they're seen as members of their community are openly playing football and, and being welcomed and celebrated with doing so. You know, in Shelburne Football Club, we, we have a number of people who identify as LGBT both on and off the pitch who do tremendous work, and we would not be as successful without them. Sorry, successful as we are without them. So it's it's it's, it's just about you know making sure that we can do what we can locally in our community within our clubs to be open and welcoming, um, and by using the vehicle that we have in terms of our our profile try and encourage other sporting clubs yeah. to do the same. Well, for both yourself, John, and Daniel, Johnny has got in touch and he says, as a Shamrock Rovers fan, I don't usually uh, praise Shelburne or Bohemians, but on this issue, they're way ahead of the curve and they should be commended nationally for it and, and well done to both of them. John McGoran, Community Officer with Shelburne Football Club and Daniel Lambert from Bohemians. Thanks a million to you both for uh, joining us on the programme today. Karen and Chum is texting. She's wondering, is it a football problem or a sports problem? 53106 is the number if you want to get in contact we are going to be talking about maternity state benefit and whether or not it should be means tested up next though tracking down the author of a 20 year old message in a bottle Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan brought to you by Avant Money weekdays at midday on News Talk